Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 106. Today we have, in my head, the sort of father of podcasting. I mean, he's probably sitting there having a bit of a giggle. I mean, this man is the Joe Rogan of farming. He really is. Um, not that he shoots help on the weekly or has a dumbbell the shape of a skull, but in that he is, until about 10 minutes, the person, to my knowledge, that had the most country-based podcast released because he told me about someone else that he was on but let's forget about that for a minute uh ben eagle ben would you like to say hello i i really enjoyed that introduction thank you wallace um hello it's great to be on our two cast brilliant just before we get started with another episode of the r2 cast i would like to thank our primary sponsors a plan rural a plan rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to Aplan Rural for that. <laughs> pleasure to have you, absolute pleasure to have you. It's funny. Just before we hit record, he's like, if you got an idea what you're going to say, and I'm like, mate, I've never got an idea. Just hit record and see what happens. <laughs> that was what came out. Going through my head was, uh, today you have myself on the podcast, and someone with the complete opposite amount of hair on their face is Ben Eagle. But uh, I mean, you could have got... To be honest, you couldn't actually have two people who, yeah, are, are more opposite in terms of hair. So, yeah, uh, there is that. I mean, I'm quite receding in fairness. Like, it's... It's disappearing. Um, is it? I feel like oh, it is. I, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I was maybe I was maybe at your stage like ten years ago. So um, well, I mean, trouble is, once it starts going, it just goes. I remember I had. Um, gosh, this is a, I was not. This is unexpected. This is why you don't plan, isn't it? This is an exactly. unexpected start to the podcast. I so I had. I, I was living in Bristol um, about ten years ago um, when I had hair, and <laughs> I had an Italian barber who was he was fantastic. Um, Although he did, he did smoke in the barbers occasionally, which was oh. highly illegal um, and wasn't great. But also he was just hilarious. So I stuck with him. And he told me then, Ben, you will have no hair in four years time. And I thought, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I don't know. And he was dead right. It's <laughs> like, yeah, once it started going, it just started going. And I was like, OK, embrace it. Yeah, I think I'm one of those folk in fairness. Like it's. That's pretty far back. I mean, that's a five head, that is. That's almost a six head at this point. Like, um, it's not a four head anymore. But uh, yeah, I did put a Apan and Scottish Farmer on board. I didn't realise Belgravia were getting involved in sponsoring the Arco cast, but here we are. <clears throat> um, it's a, uh, I said Ben was the sort of father of podcasting. I do mean, I think you've released 208 podcasts on the Meet the Farmer side of things. And then you've got like four million other places. So um, before we get into podcasting, though, Tell us yep. a little bit about Ben. Tell us a little bit about your background. Who who is Ben Eagle? Okay. Well, depends how far how far you want to go. Back. Let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back. Okay, all the way back. So yeah. I grew up uh, son of a dairy farmer on the Essex coast. So farming. Uh, my family is. I think I, I don't know how far back we go in farming. Like forever. As far as far as far as I know, we've always been farmers in Essex, which is incredibly boring. Um, but uh, yeah, farming on the coast, um, and 
Uh, but this was back in the 1990s, which was not a great time in farming, must be said. Um, so I was perhaps, well, my, my, my future could have been very different if the cows hadn't been sold um, in the late, well, they were, they were first, the first lot of the herd was sold in 1997, I think it was. So I was seven years old then. That shows my exact age. Um, and then I think dad sold them um, because in essence, the farm was in loads of debt. Uh, yeah, dairy just wasn't working. Yeah, quotas had gone. Um, and he he went down pedigree route, pedigree Holsteins. Um, and I think just, yeah, just, it just didn't work. Unfortunately, he, so he sold the herd and then uh, he went into the farm office. My gran was in there uh, the day after and he was like, there's a farm sale down in Truro. Should we go? And she was like, yeah. So then they ended up buying another herd, uh, which they then, uh, they had those, they, they were literally just milking them once a day um, for another four years and then sold them just before fit and mouth, which was quite fortuitous really. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. But by the way, so the cows, um, the cows went, the entire farm completely changed. Um, so the dairy buildings, they became what is now actually uh, an, an aggregate um, business. So they were rented out to an aggregates firm. Um, and yeah, the whole farm converted to arable. Um, and we lost a lot of people. There were a lot of people on the farm um, and everyone went. Dad had a, that horrible experience of having to lay off, lay everyone off, um, many of whom had had family links with the farm for more than one generation. Um, and it was just not a very great time. So that was the that was the context that I grew up in. And as a result, and I don't blame him at all, dad, both for me and my sister and my brother now, but um, there's quite a big age gap between us. Um, so he wasn't around at that time. Um, we were very much put off uh, going into, well, specifically on our farm, but the agriculture generally, I suppose, um, it was never really going to be an option. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we were always encouraged to go out and see the world and do other things and find find something else, which I managed to do for a very long time. But I wouldn't be here actually having this conversation with you uh, <laughs> if I'd actually kept not strictly true to that. So new new series has started. Archer cast all in. Anyone can come on. So not strictly uh, true. There we are. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it did surprise me that I actually sort of made it back into the farming world. But uh, um, so, so when I left school, didn't really, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'm, I'm interested in lots and lots of different things. I'm very interested in people. Um, I'm very interested in the world, I suppose, generally, other, other countries, other languages. Uh, and but so when I, when I left school, I thought, right, okay, I just want to try some things out. Um, and I've always had, a, uh, I suppose, an entrepreneurial side to me. Um, so I... My first business coming out of school was uh, in beer. So I teamed up with a local microbrewery. I came up with a recipe. I went on like a, a two-day brewing course, flash course, did a load of homebrew. Um, thought, oh, this, this can't be too bad. Came up with a recipe, took the recipe to make, made it with this brewer. And actually, it wasn't too bad. Um, and I tell you what, as an 18-year-old um, with... 
yeah, with, with pretty much as much beer as as much beer as I could drink slash sell. Um, hopefully, slightly more on the selling than than the drinking side. Um, it was it was pretty good. It was it was good fun. Um, and how long did that go for? If I if I was sensible, I, it was going into it was going about four five no five years. I kept that going for. And if I was sensible, I'd still be doing it now because definitely back then. I mean, microbrewing was it was it was good, um, and but I should I should have stuck with it. In essence, yeah, I I did a lot of other things in that time, including uh, going to China for a time, going around Scandinavia for a time, uh, and um, and I went uh, I worked at a school up in uh, North Norfolk for a bit. I sort of thought, well, I might I might be interested in teaching as well. So honestly, that that whole period of my life was was a bit bit crazy, and I was trying lots of things, trying to find out really what my thing was, what I was supposed to be doing. Um, and I ended up going to university because partly it's what I wanted to do, um, but partly because it's like I'll be I'll be honest, a lot of other people in sort of in who, who I went to school with did that. But I was I went when I was twenty one, so I spent three years just trying to figure stuff out. Um, and it was there that I began to actually know, you know, you know what this is what I actually want to do. So, uh, my degree was in history, and I specialised in environmental history, probably because I've never been that good at doing one thing. So, so that enabled me to. Do a bit, a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah. I could do some biology units. I could do some geology stuff. Uh, we could do some geography stuff. Um, and it got me speaking with different people in different parts of the university. Um, I also got involved with the conservation group when I was there. Um, and bizarrely, this was when my interest in land um, came back. So... Yes, on a conservation level, and I did loads of volunteering at that time with Avon Wildlife Trust and the National Trust and some with Bristol City Council through the conservation group, um, Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust. And we went on trips up to North North Wales, um, spent a week on Anglesey. Um, and just, yeah, just, just really, really started to fall back in love with the British countryside um, and being outside and uh, just being hands on. Um, and also during that time, uh, I sort of rediscovered farming because I think I was, it was an opportunity really. I had, I had a bit of time, an opportunity to explore my roots again. Yeah. So I spent all my uni summers really and spring times doing lambing seasons out on farms, um, just get in touch with farmers saying, can I come and give you a hand? Um, sometimes they paid you, sometimes they didn't. Um, and uh, But I just wanted the experience, really. And it was that time that definitely I fell back in love with farming um, and the farming world and farming communities. And, yeah, it just it, it, it fascinated me in so many ways. And farmers have the absolute best. It's, it's a cliche, but they have the best office in the world. They really yeah. do. It's just every farm is different. Every farm is different, no matter. Certainly in the UK, the UK is so broad in terms of landscape, in terms of geography, in terms of culture as well. 
Um, but there's also this fantastic, as you well know, Wallace, it's like there's this great community element to farming. It's um, amazing. And I love that. I love that. And it's, so, it's amazing if you're in a village or it's amazing if you're like we are in this world. You know, yeah. everywhere is good. Yeah, love it. Yeah, no, no for, for sure. So I think I went through that time. And so I was both like studying the land through my degree, but I was also doing conservation stuff. I was out on farms and I've really sort of promised myself at that time, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to properly just throw myself in into whatever this is. And I wasn't entirely sure, I suppose, where it was going at that stage, but I knew that the outdoors, the countryside, rural farming, food, conservation, that was okay so that's that's where i want to be and i started a blog about that time actually which is which is still out there and i, I need to actually think what to do with this and uh, what's it yeah, called it's, it's called it's called thinking country thinkingcountry.com still there i don't that's know so when cool. the last when the last piece was written. i, I occasionally um, feel guilty and then i write something on there um but uh yeah that that started i think 2013 something like that have you found it I spelled thinking wrong. Wait a minute. Oh, there you are, looking like a model. Wow. Well, I can't even remember what it looks like at the moment. Lovely photos on here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, that's the thing. Um, and so this was, yeah, so that was really, I've, I've, always, I've always enjoyed writing. I've always enjoyed reading and writing. And so this was a way, again, I think partly of just exploring my thoughts, not that I knew anything at this time, um, but it was also a way of reaching out to people. I remember I came across uh, Rob York um, for the first time at that time. Rob's been a really longstanding um, connection as, as soon as I sort of trod into this world. Um, really, I really love what, what Rob does. Um, have you had him on the podcast yet? I've not, and it's a name that I am not acquainted with at all oh you need to you need to get in touch with him south wales um at Abergavenny. um yeah he's he's got the yeah, he's just got a great approach to um yeah seeing the country so much this is the thing ways, you, you're <laughs> going to teach me a lot of things here what was the surname york y-o-r-k-e oh york i see yeah i'll write that down yeah we're a person to get in touch with no he's definitely he's definitely worth uh yeah worth getting on um so yeah so i was just sort of exploring all these ideas um and came out of my degree i absolutely sorry i was at bristol i don't think i, I didn't even say that yeah so i was, I was in, in bristol um and absolutely fell in the way that a lot of bristol students do it's like absolutely fell in love with that city and right. still i still love it now i'll be there i'll be there this weekend um I'm on a, on a on a bit of a work trip, and whenever whenever I can go into the city, I will. It's one of the great things that I love about what I do as well. I've I've ended up having friends and connections in loads of random places um, yeah. in the UK. Not that Bristol's random, um, but anyway. So yeah, Brist Bristol's fantastic, and I finished the degree, and I was so sad to just end that. Um, I was uh, yeah, I was I was dating at the time uh my 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 girlfriend was uh she actually ended up doing a phd at bristol so she was still there so i still had a connection um but came out of bristol thinking okay land farming conservation where am i going and to be honest by pure luck in many ways um because that's sometimes how these things happen 
getting a job in conservation is I mean, really tough. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm slightly stepped out of it now, so I don't know how, how things, whether things have got better. Be interesting to hear if they have. Uh, but back then, in essence, so I'd, I'd had what three years of volunteering experience in various places, which you'd think would be enough normally, but you still need a bit of luck. And a job came up at Essex Wildlife Trust, um, which was on the reserve, which boarded our farm. Um, I knew the place like the back of my hand. Um, I'd also actually, I'd also written, I should probably sideline this as well. I'd written a book, um, which I published, literally just published, self-published, um, just yeah, at the end of end of my degree, which yeah. was based on uh, based on this place, which is called the the, the Nays Peninsula, which is the most easterly part of Essex. Well, and actually, just all just these put, amazing migratory birds, etc. Yeah. But while you mentioned that, we're in Essex because I I worked for a couple of summers in the marshes. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. So the Nays the is right up in the northeast, just opposite okay. Harwich, um, oh, up okay. in Tendring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a stunning place. And uh, I mean, that that role was, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a great opportunity to continue learning. Um, so mm-hmm. it was, it was partly an education role. So my, my job title, I think was education ranger, which I don't think I've Ooh. ever, I, I haven't had a job title. Well, barely. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been self-employed for ages, so I've barely had many job titles that I've made <laughs> up myself. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity for learning, but also it was practically a PR role. Um, so they were building, the trust were building a visitor center on the site. Um, and part of my job was really to, well, to first, firstly to recruit volunteers, um, which I just, I absolutely loved working with that group of volunteers. They were, it was so much fun and they were just a brilliant group of people. Um, so it was recruiting them. It was, I had to spend one morning a week in the town in Walton in this little, by this little desk where people could either, they could either come and shout at me um, if they didn't like what we were doing, which there were quite, there were quite a few of those. They could ask me questions, but to be honest, didn't really know anything at that point so i don't know why they would do that um i did get the odd person or they would just come and have a chat about anything yeah there's was... a youtube series in there you could have filmed that and that could have went big time before <laughs> youtube was massive as well <laughs> yeah so yeah so it was sort of the, the pr side alongside this visitor center um and i yeah and i learned so much about people at that stage so yeah. i was what was i i was 24 when i first got that job um and yeah dealing with people what makes people angry what makes people happy uh what people want and balancing different people and and how people work together as well um so yeah so that was that was fun um and but at the same time i was still at that time i was still going out onto other farms um when i could um and I think, yeah, I think I did, I maybe maybe did like a couple of lambing seasons when I could take annual leave, I would go off onto farms. Um, and I knew at that time that I wanted farming in some way to be part of my life. Um, I still didn't know how, but that sort of brought me to the stage of, I'd, I'd looked at pe- people like people who worked for FWAG, um or in some sort of agricultural advisory role and i thought wow, you know what so cool this sounds quite interesting 
That is such a throwback. Sorry to drop you. I just haven't heard. No, they do it. Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a throwback. No, not for any reason. I just remember okay. going different farm trips with Flag when I was like, I went with my mom and dad. Like, it wasn't me as a person on my own. Really? I really haven't heard much about them since. That's crazy. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. Aplan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates the UK over and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's all just, yeah. okay, so maybe I go down that role. So in essence, um, even though I, I really I really enjoyed um, with my, my time with the Wildlife Trust, but uh, it got to the stage where I was like, okay, I want to start transitioning more into the farming world. Yeah. So I decided to do a one-year postgrad at Sirencester, um, doing a thing called the GDA, the Graduate Diploma in Agriculture, which pretty much gives you access to all units across the undergrad um, yeah. units. And we were just the the strange people, the strange postgrads who join all the undergrads and like sort of, oh my goodness, yeah, sort of. It maybe it probably maybe it's sort of like I'm not a student. It's like why am I here? <laughs> so you were 25 and we're like 18 year olds that's a deal yeah i think i think i was 20 i was 26 at that point yeah, yeah. um yeah that's what uh, yeah yeah just, yeah yeah, yeah. Just at a master's level thing i guess so okay. i get it <laughs> yeah it's strange but met some great people when i was there yeah. um and yeah and similarly yeah so ancestor is it's it's an interesting place um okay yeah uh, as a well just as a I, I don't think so i what i really love in life is being able to just dip your toe into different worlds um so i enjoy like sort of uh i'm trying to use an example now so me walton which is yeah local town that was in um in and, and tendering where i grew up what what i love about essex is that you've got certainly at this part of essex is that you've got uh this is uh, th th i do have a point about this by the way um you've got a great um i have, I have a horrible tendency of like going off on huge tangents <laughs> but there is a point here so you've got eastenders you've got farmers you've got like london city types um you've got yeah you've got the rural community you've got people who sort of went on holiday here and then ended up moving you've got retirees <laughs> You've got this bizarre mix of people in the same place. And I think growing up with that, I, I've only sort of reflected on this recently, but I think it had a massive impact because yeah. it means you can go to a local pub around here and you can talk to all these different groups of people. So because I just generally, I just have a rather like you, I'm guessing it's like, I, I just, I really enjoy being around different people and I find people's stories fascinating. Um, so going to Sirencester was amazing because it was the first time that I had really dipped my toe into that world of like sort of the the more sort of establishment um, side of, of of the farming world, um, and yeah, I had a great time. But then coming out of that, uh, I thought, right, okay, I'm, I was determined throughout all this that um, mostly because when I was at Sirencester, I met an amazing lady called Jenny Phelps, who you should also have in your podcast. Um, if you haven't already, I don't. I don't think you have. Uh, who actually works for Flag? Okay. Um, 
And uh, Jenny is, she's just one of those people in the rural world who just, she's fantastic. She she makes, she makes your eyes light up. I'm going to say that before her drive and her passion for the rural sector and for the people in the rural sector. So in essence, so I did one of her units, which was called Field, which I've got to remember what that stands for now. We love an acronym in farming, don't we? It stands for uh, Farming and Integrated Environment Local Delivery. That's it. Ooh. So, yeah. And in essence, you would then, so you come up with a problem um, in your sort of parish and you get all these people together, um, everyone together in the parish, and they, you think, what are all the issues that we have? What are all the potential solutions that we could do? Then you pull all your funding together. And in essence, what you can do as a student is you can make your own job because you can, you can as, a, as a facilitator, you can bring all these people together and then, uh, and then facilitate through funding the solution. And it's fan- what they are doing in Gloucestershire, especially, and I think, think it's gone elsewhere now as well. It's so inspiring, honestly. It's just it's fantastic what, what she's been doing. So she was a big inspiration. And even though what I came out of wasn't exactly that, it was linked. So um, I got in touch with uh, a guy at the National Trust. um, And I also wanted, at that stage, I was still very much interested in the sort of heritage space, in history, coming out of my degree. I wanted to find a way of using that. And I had been using it to a certain extent in, in Essex. Uh, but I thought, okay, so what's the National Trust really good at? National Trust is fantastic at telling stories about the built landscape, about British heritage buildings, big country houses, all that stuff. And they tell those stories really well. But how well do they how well do they tell the stories about the landscape, um, about the history of the landscape? Because the National Trust is a massive landowner yeah. and it owns loads of farms, it loads, owns loads of estates, woodland, coast. Um, all these incredible places that people love. So, yes, there's a lot of work being done, but could I do anything maybe to add to that um, in terms of telling stories of the landscape and critically bringing people together? And very long story short, this ended up into turning into a project involving my old supervisor at Bristol University, Peter Coates, who, again, is a massively inspirational figure in my life, um and the national trust team um and the national trust at that time were investigating every single national trust estate and i was based on the hunnicutt estate in exmoor um which in somerset somerset is uh, yeah it's again one of my favorite counties it's a beautiful part of the world and we were looking at this thing which the trust was looking at generally called spirit of place which sounds really woo woo but actually okay. Um, what it was, and I thought at the time, okay, what is this? What it involved was actually speaking to every single person, and I mean every single person on the estate, visitors, tourism, all element, rangers, tenant farmers, everyone, and interviewing them, which was actually bizarrely, this was one of my main, this is one of my first proper experiences of interviews. And I sort of thought, I actually really enjoyed doing this. Um, so I, I got all this information together and then the point of it was then, okay, so what does, what does, rather than thinking, okay, so this is what the National Trust wants to do, let's ask everyone there, 
what is the spirit of that place? What does that place mean to those people? And what do they want out of the future of this space? And this game then, the project led on and it was really exciting. I loved being down there. Um, but we got to the stage where, where do we go with next with this? And uh, 20, so this is 27, end of 2016. Yeah, into 2017, I think it is. And I went through a stage in my life where everything just fell apart. It was, it was, yeah, this, this was, this was the time in my life when I realized that mental health was a thing. I had no idea that mental health was a thing before this point, but I, so I lost, uh, yeah, my, 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 my job, uh, my relationship at the time, my house that I was in, everything everything fell apart in a really short amount of time like probably three months um and i was applying for i I knew that this job was coming to an end and i sort of got the feeling that we weren't gonna the funding wasn't going to be renewed or or it wasn't going to follow into something naturally in essence without me doing a phd and i really didn't want to do a phd at the time (laughs) i probably i still don't want to do a phd to be honest um i have have a lot of respect i have lots of friends who've done phds and i have so much respect for all of them who do it um but yeah so i, I knew that wasn't going to happen so I, I applied for jobs um including a job at defra and i had ended up working at defra i think oh I, I, yeah i'd be it would, i am not the kind of person who should be supposed to be working at defra and i have a lot lot of respect for, for them who can do that as well because i can't do that why? but anyway why because i'm too much of a <clears throat> maverick i'm too much of a maverick wallace okay fair fair yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like no i can't yeah i, I yeah towing the party line um so uh yeah I, I i applied for one job went through interview stage just it was just rejection after rejection after rejection for whatever reason and i think probably looking back it's almost i think i was just almost in that headspace that i was almost expecting to not get things and i'd gone from being confident to i'd lost my confidence in in quite a short amount of time and it's really interesting looking back actually how much impact that has because my ability wasn't any different that hadn't changed but the way that i thought about myself changed hugely and this went on for several months um and i was staying with friends um i was was staying with my girlfriend at the time before we broke up um but it got to the stage where it was like and mentally i was very low at that point um but I didn't know what was going on. But the only place I had to go back to, um, because it was still there through all this time, it was still there. Dad was doing his own thing on the farm. It was the family farm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went. Back to Essex. And I was immensely low at that point. I was at that stage of... Yeah, I was at a stage when I... Even even getting out, even getting outside and doing something was a big thing. Even it's this sounds this sounds so strange looking back, but even like doing the washing up or simple tasks like that, they became the things I needed to focus on to just yeah. get my headspace back into a better stage. Um, and this took a long time. It took a long time, but it was the farm. Bizarrely, it was the farm that helped to bring me back and running as well um which is an, another story but yeah so running helped me 
um, and simple tasks on the farm. Um, after a bit of time, um, I bought into a mate of mine's uh, sheep flock. We ran we ran uh, about 150 uh, Texel and Charolais cross mules um, uh, for a while together. Um, and again, that was really really useful for me at that time because it again I had to I had to be there for them. Um, it was a responsibility. Um, and bit by bit, um, yeah, I my my mental state um, improved again, um, and and I came back. But because it's me at that time, it's like once I started feeling better again, I think the mistake I made because I did have I did have another issue about a year later. Um, I thought, okay, that's fine. I didn't deal with any of that properly. I just sort of got better in my head. I thought. And then carry on. And at that stage, I was doing everything. It was like do as do as much as you can. Um, and yeah, we have quite a lot of diversifications on the farm because I think the benefit of the dairy going down when it did in the late nineties was meant meant that Dad had to adapt. We so we did diversification before it was fashionable to do diversification. Um, so I mean, he had like a model aeroplane club. Um, from the 1980s and things like that sort of, to, sort of came in um, onto the farm. So it's always been slightly slightly left field as a place. You're, you're the second Essex-based guest I've had on that spoke about airplanes. That's now, really I funny. Yours, I know yours was models, but like, have you heard Chris and Zoe or Chris's story, like Super Serious Farmer, about the plane? I, about airplanes? No, I haven't. Have you not? I need to, I need to hear that. I mean, go back and watch Arctic Cast number 73, but long story short, oh, yeah. his grandfather much. disappeared forever in a plane crash um, on Christmas Eve. Like, he spoke about the three things that were bad that had happened to him, and they are all shockingly bad. But that yeah. one was his grandfather had a farm in Kent and Essex. Is that a, over a peninsula? Is that right? Yeah. It was over a yeah, estuary type thing. And he was flying one Christmas Eve, and they never ever came across him again. And I think that was before Chris was born. But uh, yeah, wow. like he was like each each generation had a, and I'm saying it with I'm not saying it with a smile on my face, but I'm saying it with like he talks about it in like a what's the chances of that type thing? Like it's a horrible situation, of course it is. But uh, yeah, that's the second <laughs> down there uh, oh. farmer. Was that spoke. episode seventy three? Yeah. Oh, you did say you were going to test me in this, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I yeah, I know because yeah, there's a last time I, I spoke to Wallace because he has this strange thing where he can literally he knows every single episode, which I'm, no, I'm actually every, gonna try one now. Not twenty twenty six. Uh, Hazel I mean, Mullins. I currently, currently have no way. I have no way of actually checking if I'm right or not. But yeah, Hazel Mullins. Okay, we'll 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 check after it's forty two. Uh... 40, oh, wait a minute, so 46, Gemma Lane, 45, Crawford Niven, 44, I think, Gareth Wynne-Jones. Oh, this is mean. I think it's Gareth Wynne-Jones. Okay. Tell you what, let's just, let's just quickly. Let's, let's check. Have a look, shall we? So the first one you said was 26, and I said Hazel Mullins, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's accidentally play one. I don't even get a thingied for that. Um, <clears throat> right. 
Oh, see, I'm, I'm debating that Gareth Wynn Jones one now. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Gareth Wynn Jones was 40. Joel Salatin was 42. Joel Salatin? Yeah, it's you a big Joel one. Salatin on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Man. I've wow. had someone. He's been on Rogan twice and I've had him on the podcast. <laughs> right, I'm going to be silly if that was wrong now. Wait a minute. So 30, 40 Gareth Wynn Jones, 42 Joel Salatin. I'm almost certain 26 is spawn. Yeah, he's on my own. Oh, impressive. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely, I definitely can't do that with mine. I have a terrible memory. Go on, two. Um, <laughs> one yeah. <more> six. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I just say I can do one. Well, one eight. So one oh two. Only because only because I've, I've I've just done episode two hundred. So I'm I'm just been going back. One oh two was Oxford. So one oh three was Oxford Real. One oh four. Oh, I don't know. My brain, yeah. my brain does not work like that. Yeah, um, mine is a bit weird. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, never been able to where was I? What was I talking about? Mental health. Yes. Um, uh, she spoke about the fact uh, he went into diversification model airplanes. Yeah, diversification uh, yeah, yeah. model airplanes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I was doing a lot of stuff, um, and me through all this, through all this time as well. The podcast was happening. We, we, we'll talk about podcasting in a bit. When did it back start? In... When did it actually kick off? November 2016 was right. the first okay. episode, um, and that started. It was literally just. Um, it was yeah, it was when I was uh, on the National Trust project, um, yeah. and it started really, really because I was looking at conservation and the 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 conversations I was having with my conservation colleagues about farming, like they were fascinated, but also back then, and this has improved. It's still I, th- I still think there's a way to go, but back then there was like it, it was like farming and conservation were massively at war. Mm-hmm. And was. there wasn't really so i'd like what can i do in my small way to actually maybe help with this so i thought okay i'll go out and see some friends because i've had I, I i knew quite a lot of farmers at this point because i've just been out on farms so i thought okay i'll just go and record their stories i had no idea what i was doing at all and oh gosh if i go back to some of those early episodes I think what are you thinking ben um well, but, I've, I've- Two questions on that, just quickly. Yeah. One, can you remember your first episode? Who was it? And two, how did it feel interviewing for the first time? What was your second time? Wasn't it? You've done it a wee bit before, but yeah. So the first one was at Stoford Manor Farm, uh, Wingfield near Trowbridge in Wiltshire, um, with Anna, my my friend Anna Bryant, um, who who I met at Sarancester actually. Um, she was on the MBA, um, mm-hmm. and I was like. And uh, I need a friendly face to try this out with. Um, and I, yeah, I bought, um, what was I using? I think it was, did I buy a, yeah, yeah, I did. I did buy my Zoom H4N mic, um, dictaphone thing then. And I took that out and yeah, it was, it was really good fun actually just playing around with audio and different farm sounds. Episode two was, see, I, I'm, I'm fine on the early episodes. Episode yeah. two was at Elm Tree Farm, which is a um in Bristol. Uh which and there was I remember there was a sound of was a pig sound, which I which I recorded then. And back then, uh my friend, my mate Tom, um, who did all the he did all the uh ma- mixing and mastering mm-hmm. until I think episode sixty odd. 
Um, so he is he is actually an audio engineer. So he knew, he knows what he's doing. He, he was actually he was the one who suggested <laughs> Ben. Have, have you thought about podcasts as a thing? And I had no idea what they were at that time. Um, so I did I didn't know I didn't know what to do. So I just recorded I just recorded um, the content, and then um, and then he would edit and and make it sound great. Um, but uh, yeah, so episode two was there. Yeah. Uh, and then it just sort of bit, but every single I was determined at that stage that every single episode was going to be face to face because I was mostly doing it then. Yes, as a way of of telling farming stories to conservationists, if anyone was listening. And to be honest, back then I was only I was putting out all the episodes through on my blog. I wasn't actually put uploading them through a um through a host for a hosting site. Yeah. Um. So that was happening, but it was also a way of me getting out to farms and learning about farming because for years I had like shut farming out of my head. I'd then sort of become interested and I had so I had this like hunger to learn. And so what better way than go out and record record stories and get to see what's happening on the farm and, and ask them questions. Um Tim May was a it was an it was an early episode as well. Um and that that was fantastic. It, me a bloody fortune just <laughs> driving about all over the country and time wise as well um it's just mad it was a it was a pre-covid world when i would just I, I was on the farm then i'd drive to like north yeah north yorkshire for like the day i'd just yeah leave at the crack of dawn get back at middle I, my yeah no wonder that my mental health was suffering because i was just doing way too much it's actually quite interesting. I mean, sort of throughout, I've seen major similarities between you and I. Major completely okay. differences, but like the the one thing that um, is completely different is I started during COVID. You know, yeah. so it was it was the complete opposite. I mean, the 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 thing you had about you had a point where you learned what mental health was, and you, I had that exact same thing. It was a similar process. I lost two of the three things. I didn't lose a job, but yep. you know there's been a lot of similarities but that is the complete contrast in that sense and you actually as you mentioned those three people there i'm like going through in my head seeing how far from number one i can name yeah. <laughs> i've like yeah. oh, my head it's really sad <laughs> i think i can but, probably um, get up to about 30 but anyway uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you can yeah yeah okay. so yeah so and covid yeah. was an interesting one because that was covid made me pivot um with the podcast all of a sudden I had to do them virtually. Um, and actually it's um, because I, I wasn't able to, I, I obviously wasn't able to put them out every week. Um, it was like, I would record, I would go off and maybe record a few at a time and then release them as and when the COVID then forced me to actually make them into yeah. say, a proper podcast um, and have them out regularly um, and start to build that community. Um, and then it became a weekly show um yeah Wait, the, the music's changed i think three the three or maybe four times over that time the logo's changed i think three times um <laughs> and uh yeah I've, I've gone through stages of with with meet the farmers of having um yeah certain yeah, little jingles and little themes and it's it's been the same i think the last hundred episodes um, when did you come weekly sorry when was that oh gosh i think it must be it must be beginning of covid so maybe march 2020 something like that Right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember launching with the new, with the new music, and maybe it's slightly later. Maybe, maybe June twenty. It was early mid twenty twenty. Anyway, it's it's quite funny. I mean, like I only went weekly 
14 months ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I was I was doing some checks like in May this month this month I'm releasing 10 episodes, right? And it's insane. It took, yeah, it took me to the same date in 2021, having started the podcast on the 16th of January. It t- it's taken me to the 28th and the 29th of May this year as opposed to the 28th that year to have the same amount in May compared to the first five months. Wow. To be honest, it's probably, it's probably similar with me in those first yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, I probably made maybe 80 episodes, right. maybe maybe 90 episodes and a push. Um, so yeah, and then it's... Uh, but the, the virtual aspect has, has opened that up. But at the same time, I still think that the the I I really really enjoy the face to face episodes that I do. I think you get yeah. a different. It's a very different feel to it. Um, and actually, uh, yeah, shout out to it's in our roots. Um, recently mm-hmm. because cool. they've had some great visits. Um, I'm a massive fan of that podcast and, and what they both do. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I love their face-to-face episodes, and I think that that comes across comes across strongly. Um, I think, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm I'm a massive fan of both virtual and and face-to-face. Um, but I'm trying to I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. But it's just time, Wallace. It's time. Do you listen to podcasts? Oh, I listen to so many podcasts. Really? It's like it's 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 quite bad. So I'm I'm constantly I'm I'm probably subscribe. I'm just looking at my Apple Podcasts now. How many else am I? I'm, I'm subscribed to just a, a, a terrible number because I always say, "Oh, you can never listen to that that number." So, yeah, I'm subscribed to about currently four, currently forty two, of which I definitely don't listen to that number. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm always, uh, yeah, I'm always listening to something. Uh, I mean, mostly. I mean, I listen to a lot of agri podcasts, mostly because I feel like, um, well, partly I feel like it's a great way of actually keeping up to date with the agri space and agri contacts, um, and and uh, yeah, podcasting. As I don't just tell you, I'm, I'm preaching to someone who's massively converted, but podcasts is just a, it's a great way of consuming content. But but it's interesting um, you say that. I don't think I've listened to a full podcast episode in two years. I know, and I know that yeah. for a fact because I remember us talking about it. Yeah. But no, I, I listen. I yeah, I listen to yeah quite a lot of BBC ones. Uh, County Cricket podcast. Shout out for them. Um, big fan of that. Uh, I don't know how to play. <laughs> maybe maybe this is why I'm so uncultural in the way I think. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> should listen to more podcasts and learn about the world a bit more. Yeah. Um, I'm going to um, ask you a question that every interviewer, yeah. every person hates to be asked. Okay, I'm going to ask Try you. Me. And I don't expect you'll answer one of them. But okay. it's a two-part question. I think you almost have an idea of what I'm going to ask you. Who's your favourite no guest? And... Oh, Wallace. What, what, what was the second I, part? I think you know what it's going to be. The opposite. Least favourite. I know you're not I'm, going to say I'm definitely name, not answering that one. No, I can't. Your, who's your favourite oh. guest? Oh, this is hard. I can, I can do... Okay, I can definitely answer. But we're talking specifically meat farmers here. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, or or everything, and that you've got like ninety-eight yeah. series on the go. The most, <laughs> the most power, the most memorable and powerful episode um, that I've recorded, which was last year, 
um, was with Emma O'Sullivan. Um, and that's uh, formerly Picton Jones. Um, and that was the mental health episodes. Um, Is that DPG? Yeah. DPJ. Cool. Yeah, DPJ. Yeah. That was incredibly... That was that was one of my hardest inter- interviews to do, um, for sure. But I'm I'm really uh, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm really proud of that episode. Um, right. And I got lots of, yeah, lots of feedback afterwards. Um, and I, I really hope that that being out there will make a difference for, for 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 people. And it was just Emma is, um, because for me it's it's always it's always about these people. Emma is one of the most inspiring people that i can think of in in the rural space um i have so much respect for what she's done and i admire her so much um so that was that would definitely rank highly um but there are yeah it's as as you know every guest every guest uh gives something different don't they 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 all yeah. offer something different to listeners and because when i'm making Certainly when I'm making Meet the Farmers, actually when I'm making any podcast, you almost, and it took me a while to do this, but I'm almost there with the listener because because I, I think maybe because I listen to a lot of ag podcasts and, and other podcasts as well, I see myself as a listener first and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like sort of, what what is this person going to give to that listener? What What's that, what's that side of the story? Um and that comes a lot in terms of planning the podcast as well and thinking about who's going to come up. I mean, there's still, again, as you know, there's like a never ending list, isn't there? And it's just, there are so many people still on my list um, who I want to contact and get, get on the show, including your good self, of course. Oh, um, you just your... want me on to try and run off 106 episodes in a row. Uh... I'm, I'm tempted. I am tempted. That might actually be all the episode is. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty cool if I could do that. I would. I. I'm, I don't really big myself up often, but I'd be pretty proud if I could do that. I, I would be. I would be. Yeah, very, very impressed if you could do that. And I also believe that you can do that. I think, and I think you will. I, um, I think I could. Do you know that? I think. I think you could. Well, certainly, you know if you put a bit of effort into it, you definitely could. I was actually going to throw out because I've openly said this: my least favorite three podcasts aren't yeah. because of the people. Right. Because of you. Nah, 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 nah. I, oh, I, nah, sorry, I, I shouldn't say so. that now. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Because uh- <laughs> so, if, if you take that angle, I, I, I would take that that I, I did something or said something or that I felt uncomfortable about. So, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, nah, was, what, what do you say? There's more technical issues, which is really annoying. So, uh... Uh, Ginger Louise was amazing to talk to. Big tech talker. Uh, Number twenty-seven, Articast. Uh, yeah, the thing just didn't work. Number and the first time, and this is very annoying. And when I go back and watch this, it frustrates me to this day. Number six with Andrew Weir, auctioneer uh, in Sterling. Um, it just didn't work. His his um, network was terrible, and I thought we're gonna have to work for this. It was like thirty-five minutes, and then suddenly it cut out, and he disappeared, and then came back, and it was perfect for me to ask the final two oh. questions. But, oh my god, that's really frustrating. Uh, and then number 93 uh, with a guy called Henry Bung, who was in Cameroon. I was actually really enjoying the conversation, but the, the quality just wasn't brilliant. So, oh, 
yeah. yeah. Ruth Ruth Grice <laughs> with me, and I don't I can't remember what number it is because I'm not as good as you. Um but Ruth <laughs> There's more. I she is she was an absolute oh my goodness, because we recorded well, we didn't record the entire episode. We didn't record the entire no. episode, and I only realized at the end. And then get this right, she came back the day after and we did the whole thing again. And to be fair, it was really good the second time. But what a patient lady. Thank Absolutely. you, Ruth Grice. Well, I have had to do an episode twice before, but not because I didn't record. I actually was recording it twice because I did it in person. And it was... <laughs> shout out Maria and Gordon. Oh, I don't know if I know the number. 59. Oh, 59 oh of course you do. Um, Highland Show champion for best dressed a uh, best dressed stand at the food hall. Um, nice. It was it was a, it's like a horsey trailer. It was really cool. But uh, they came to the local show like on the island where I'm from, and the night before we were like, "We'll film this podcast," and we just got steaming drunk. Like <laughs> it was like it was like two and a half hours. I was like, I cannot release this. Like it just does have a giggle. <laughs> It would actually be really funny, but yeah, I kind of got a bit out of order sometimes. But uh, it was good. Oh, that's great. Um, I do you know I have I have um, I don't know. Uh, is it a question? No, it's probably not. Is is that a question that's good? <laughs> so anyway, is it's a bit of a rubbish naff question. It's probably something you get asked quite a lot. Is there someone you've had on? Doesn't strictly have to be the best podcast ever. That you're just like it is mad. I've spoken to this person. Like it's crazy. I've managed to get in touch with this person and be able to interview them. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna pick for this. To be honest, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna jump ahead to jump across to rural business focus. Yes, yeah, fire on, fire on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was she was a fairly, fairly recent guest, but Shemi Alcott from Ski Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, as a yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, and and yeah british olympian and that was one of those moments where like wow what has happened in my life to put me in this position at this time um and it's yeah that was that was quite insane shemmy's great her her story is fantastic as well well plug the episode go for it um if i I could if i could tell you what number it is wallace (laughs) so this is on i'm gonna have to look this up now in terms of the number so this is rural business focus podcast which um, was launched last July, and it's weekly out on Tuesdays. Um, oh, thanks for this, Wallace. Um, gosh, that's bad. It was only it was only a couple ago. So that's episode 44. It's called How to Be Resilient with Winter Olympian and Ski Sunday presenter Shemi Alcott. Um, but I'm, I'm really loving that, that podcast. Um, and Rural Business Focus, again, I started... Uh, most people, They say that you write the book that, um, that, that, that uh, you... No, scrap that gosh you it's got- been the end of the day you read the book that you want to yeah wants to write I, I made the podcast that i needed to listen to did i get that right with the thing i don't I even like know that, that i i am not a person with sayings my ex used to get really angry at me because i didn't understand what she was saying when she said sayings they just don't compute in there <laughs> yeah something that doesn't make yeah. sense but yeah yeah I maybe like it's, maybe so maybe it's you write the book that you're, you're supposed to oh, i don't know so anyway, anyway, I made made the podcast yeah. I needed to needed to hear. Book, I like that. I think I've done that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So that was because mostly. So this was a time when I needed to focus in my life big time, and this was when I took the decision 
which was really, really hard um, beginning of last year too. Because I, in essence, so I was doing, I had three sort of big hats on work-wise um, on the farm, um, working with dad, uh, the podcasting side, which, so I'd started to take on and make podcasts for other people during COVID. Um, and that was sort of growing, but I could only do so much. And I was also doing make the farmers regularly. Um, and then I'd also during in 2019 with two, uh, two of my former business partners, um, we formed a, an outdoors fitness wellbeing company, which was like, so it would started, started as mud run events, um, on the farm, um, which mostly came out of my, my running and then doing mud runs and then thinking these are great, but could we do them on like for all ages? So the idea behind this was whether you were three or 93, you could get out into the outdoors, have fun with the rest of the family and simple fun, simple muddy fun. So um, on just, we made a a 800 meter track around uh, around one of the fields on the farm um, and made this mini mud run. Um, And so we were doing that and COVID, it exploded. It just went absolutely mad. And it was, so we, we built it during 2020. Um, then when the lockdowns allowed, uh, yeah, we opened and it was amazing. It got, it got far bigger, far more quickly than I thought it was going to. And as a result, my time was just 2020 and 2021 were just insane. They really were. And it, all this came together where it just got to the stage where I had to make a decision beginning of last year. What do I prioritize? What do I prioritize right now? Um, and the, it was, yeah, the, with my journalism hat on with the podcasting, I knew there was an opportunity here and it's what I love doing. And out of the three right now in my life, I was like, Ben, if you don't do this now, then you're going to regret it. So that was a, when I, yeah, difficult decision, a difficult conversation with dad, but actually turned out it wasn't that difficult. He was great about it. Um, going to step back, really focus on this. And right now, it was the best thing that I did. It was a fantastic, fantastic. I'm really glad I made that decision. Um, well, where was I going with this? So anyway, yeah. So focus. So I needed to focus. So I thought, right, okay, I've done this. So I'll create that podcast. Rural Business Focus came out. And the whole idea about this podcast um, is, so it's about partly about profiling amazing businesses, of rural businesses of all types, um, uh, because I also wanted to almost sort of step outside the farming bubble a bit and go in because the rural sector is very wide. It's very broad. There are lots of other people in other areas, as you know, on this podcast again as well. Um, so step into those. Um, and it's partly about inspiring people who run rural businesses to be their absolute very best, both in all, in all parts of their life. And so I'm inviting guests on. Uh, we've got some mindset stuff. Uh, we've got some business skills stuff. So it's a business podcast, which is focused on the rural sector, but yeah, it's looking at lots of different areas. So, and I'm really enjoying doing it. We're about uh, nearly nearly fifty episodes in. I'm gonna well be forty six now. Is that right? Forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You're all about the numbers, Wallace. You're all about the numbers. It's sad, isn't it, man? It's ridiculously sad. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's tragic. It's tragic. It's not. Uh, it's- I, I, I'm actually, I'm generally quite jealous. Well, I was, I was on the phone to someone for like, I don't know, about an hour. 
and they'd said to me they were like um like they were heading home they were like try and guess like where i am <laughs> and i was like second round of <laughs> For your house, they were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Have you done that? <laughs> Did I just like numbers and work it out?" Yes. Do you do that with number plates as well? I, I, have, a, I have another yeah. mate who is amazing at number plates. Yeah, I could tell you my whole team's number plate. I could tell you half yeah. the street number plate. I could tell you my the first ever number plate of the car I was in first. Like, yes, NGO two CK. Um, <laughs> in case you actually interested, it was a Renault Scenic Blue. Uh, <laughs> I had a little secret compartment under the front passenger seat. Anyway, but that was not going to be the question. <laughs> the, que- the question. I wish I could use this for useful information, but I can't. Anyway, um, I can't even remember the question. Yeah, um, no need to say numbers, figures, or anything like that, but it's quite interesting to people. How do you generate income from this type of thing? Where does that come from? So the, uh, so the podcast agency, um, which I formed, um is yeah so it's called rural pod media and it's really been formed as a specialist rural podcast production company so here so at rural pod media we um we do everything from full production so that's right the way through from a business that uh, and it's mostly it's mostly businesses um I, I do do some training for individuals as well um but it's mostly businesses if you uh, want to start a podcast but you're not sure where to start we can do absolutely everything from concept um, through to script writing, production, recording, post-production, everything. Um, or for people who want to create their own podcast, but they don't want to do the technical side, um, we'll do the um, the editing, the post-production. Um, also podcast training. Um, and it's just started an audit service as well. So any anyone who already has a podcast, um, in essence, they'll come to us. Um, and then we'll listen back. We'll make it, and we'll, we'll uh, like, yeah, go through with you where you want to go with your podcast, um, how you want to, where you want to, yeah, where you want to go, and we'll and we'll sort of help you to get to that stage. So that's one. And then I also, uh, and then I also uh, host um, uh, a few others as well, including doing the Kite Podcast with Will Evans, which I absolutely love doing. I've been doing that since 2020. That is my Friday mornings are such fun every week with that team they are and this, that's one thing i've learned as well if you can actually which is just go to with life generally and it's one thing i've put at the center of rural pod media as well is you've just got to have if you can which i think everyone can you've got to have fun in what you do um it's so important um and especially in podcasting because that comes across <laughs> it really does um so yeah i i couldn't agree more with that like you I know mean, I, I left a job this little green band here is enterprise yeah. Car and I left that job because I just didn't find it fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you've it's got so a lot. I'll be able to, you know, whatever, whatever you find fun. I love my job. I love doing this podcasting thing. Like I wouldn't be doing anything that I wasn't getting anything from. You know. Yeah. No, exactly. So that and then, but podcasting generally, um, most people will either well, there's there's the sponsorship route. Um, so uh, yeah, you'll have sponsors. Um. Yeah, but it's, it's it's mostly you'll either do that or you, or you'll you'll uh, make podcasts for other people. Tend to be the two routes. So because I was yeah I was podcasting um, as a hobby I suppose and not really thinking of money at all um, for definitely I mean for years really yeah um yeah. and but it, but really got to the stage certainly with Meet the Farmers so A Plan who were one of your um, sponsors yeah. of course they started sponsoring Meet the Farmers. 
uh, earlier this year. And that was mostly me. I just got to the stage where I actually sort of thought, okay, we're not, where are we going with this? What is actually, what is the, what, where is this heading? And actually, if you put, if you put your team hat on, what that is, is bringing on another team member. Actually, okay, this gives us extra resource. What can we do with this? Where can we take these stories? It's like once you've actually got that behind it, you can start pushing it out to different audiences. And this is going forward. This is one of the things that really interests me is like, number one, uh, urban audiences um, and also getting sort of mixing rural stories in in an urban world um, and also getting, uh, which is one thing I I do with, with, uh, I was on a Just Farmers training session last month and I was trying to encourage my, what, what I what I'm trying to do at the moment is encourage as many people to get involved in podcasting as possible. If if not, if you don't want to start your own podcast, then just be a guest. And if we can see if we can see more farmers getting out into non-ag podcasts, it's in whether that's even in the food world, in the health world, um, in the business. There, there are there's pretty much in the sport world. Why not? It's like there's a podcast on every single subject. So if we can get farming voices out into other niches that's the way or that's a way that we can start just get, getting our message out on a broader setting because we are if we if we stay within our niche we're always gonna just be that but actually i think the role that we have and i know you're bursting up in wallace i want, I want to hear your views no, on this as well but it's just i think i think the farming com space the rural com space is a really exciting point at the moment and i've absolutely loved seeing including this podcast um and we've, we've got a little um ag podcast uh whatsapp group which you started which is i think in itself shows just how much the space has moved on and how how much more growth it has there is so much capacity to tell these stories and and not just that, but to give farmers and others in the rural space that direct voice. So I don't know, I'm rambling here, but I think we're at a really exciting space and at a really exciting point within the space in terms of where that goes on. I mean, next week um, I'm at the podcast um, uh, podcast show in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm meeting meeting some other producers in, in, in other sort of sectors. And I'm really excited to actually sort of see, because rural stories just, haven't featured but there's so as you and i well know and everyone listening to this podcast knows there are so many great stories there are so many good things to tell and there's so much positive stuff to tell as well so but it's really important if we look at we look at rishi sunak's uh, food summit earlier this week if we look at the need to get these messages across to the politicians to the general public to the supermarkets we look at food prices we look at all these issues actually what we need to do is actually make all this far more visible and actually get these get these voices onto a wider stage. So for me, that's the challenge. It's a massive challenge, but it's how we move from being a niche to more mainstream that's not countryfile or, dare I say, and they're doing an amazing job, um, the YouTube community. Um, I think I think it's it's amazing, but it's we need to we almost need to find a middle way. Like what is the what is the way that we can just uh, start well, to get these stories on a more mainstream level? Countryfile, we've got Landward up here. Yep. That YouTube community, that's yep. that's almost got a monopoly over that time when people are in their house with the telly on. But there's that 
commuting time. There's that massive working time that that probably and shouldn't be on, yeah, but you can yeah. be listening. Um, so there's a lot of time you can capitalise on. And I, I really like the thing you said about maybe you don't start your own podcast. I was speaking to a student today about starting his podcast, and he was like, oh, I might do that, I might do that. And as a young lad, it's like, I'm keen to try this. And I'm like, Fantastic. I will do what you need. Like, you know, and I've had all my students have to do a podcast uh, for the first year of their degree. Um, and it's, you know, I was listening to them and I was like, oh my God, the quality of this is phenomenal. I mean, yeah. so impressive, yeah. Uh, whether that was on their own or it was with two or three other folk. But the thing you said about going on to podcasts, whether that's farming or not, is so true. Like, I mean, Neil Barrett was on uh, Joe Marler there a few weeks ago. I don't yep. know who Joe Marler is, but I see he's quite famous. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, it just looks, I mean, if I was there, the three of us would look the same. We're just three bearded guys. Um, <laughs> if you want to hear Neil's story, NJB Hoofcare, Articast number 99, me and him actually. Oh, there he goes again. Oh shit! I don't even mean it. It just happens. <laughs> I just we literally just spoke about mental health. Like he's a hoof trimmer, and I don't think we spoke about hoof trimming. But me and him just opened up for an hour. Like it was a, uh, oh, it fantastic. was deep intense, but it was really, really, really insightful. But um, that's so true. And and you know, the more I think about that, the more like, I've I've just started this new series, and uh, our first episode was a professional footballer, and he played for Cambridge United last year, sorry, two years ago, where Paul Mullen played. Now, I don't know if you follow football, but he's now Wrexham. Not, not a football striker. guy. Not a football guy. Well, I'm football over rugby sort of thing. And yeah. he's Wrexham's main striker, Wrexham being the ones that have just been bought by Ryan Reynolds. Central, Central of the world right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I said to Jack, I was like, any chance we can get Paul on? And he texted him, he replied straight away. He was like, oh, I'd absolutely love to. But Amazing. But like soccer AM and all this sort of thing. So... It's not going to happen, but like the the connections you make doing this is phenomenal. Yeah. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. It is. That's actually, that's, actually, that's actually a really good point, actually, which is another one I want to make, which is uh, I was recording last week with Sam Harris, who is the host of the Growth Mindset podcast. Who I, I've been listening yeah. to his podcast for quite a while. Um, he's he's a, he's a fascinating guy. Um, that that episode, guys, will be out next week. Well, I don't know when this one's out. So um, but probably by the time this comes out, it, it, it might be out. I don't know. This will be out not this Friday, but next Friday, a week tomorrow. Okay, so it'll already be out. So anyway, and he was saying actually, when he's thinking of guests, if you're not, if if you're not getting the stage where people are just saying yes straight away, then you you, you just need to really push yourself into okay, what other voices, what other voices can we get on? Who can? And it's what I find incredible about the podcasting space. I think I've only, I and mean, I must have done across all the podcasts. It's means it's it's over five hundred for sure. <laughs> Um, I've only had I've only had two people who have ever said they don't want to come on and that's because they had family issues on at the time which is completely understandable yeah. um, most people will say yes but it is so it, it's a great way of, of connecting with new people it's fantastic all and, and all over the world as well as, as you as you've shown on this podcast yeah 
oh, here it's, it's it's amazing. It really is amazing. And I tell so many folk to try it. Um, I had one say no, and I was gutted. Oh no! Uh, he's a peanut farmer. Okay, I'd love to have it, but oh, that'd uh, be amazing. Yeah, he's massive on Instagram. Aubrey Farms. Um, O B R E Farms. Um, he's like, oh, I just think I'd be too shy. He is a phenomenal drone pilot. Like, oh my god, he must have one of those DJI's flat. No, not Phantom. The wee guys that have got like the. Yeah, I know the ones. Always yeah. done propellers, and he like flies under like the harvesters and stuff. I, I, I go out and try that on the DJI Mini too. I'm just gonna end up killing it, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really really cool stuff. But he, he was like, nah, I don't know if I want to, but I'll get him at some point. I'll get him at some point. Um, ben, I'm conscious that uh, you are a talker, as am I, and we've been we here. Could, I we could definitely keep going for I think probably another three four hours. hundred percent. But I'm also conscious <laughs> that I have the gym. It's been an hour and 15 minutes already. It absolutely That's it, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It okay. flies by. Um, wow. I always find it goes quicker when you're on your side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're it definitely doing... does. It definitely yeah. does. Yeah. I'm doing like the sort of admin as you go. But um, as you obviously know much more about than me. But uh, one thing that really impressed me was you had a, a mic from day one. I still have the iPad I had from R2Cast number one. Um, I should really yeah. look it up production quality to be honest but yeah but 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 at the same time i think i think this is already this is a point that i make quite a lot and certainly when i'm doing training as well it's like all you need to podcast is your phone isn't it at the end of the day you just and that's for me that's i'm i'm not sure and again i'm gonna make this point next week when i go to the podcast show it's like i don't like the fact that podcasting is becoming too professional um i think that podcasting which is it's a double-edged sword because I, I think a good podcast should have so it, it should be as it should be as professional as, as you want it to be and, and sound quality I think is really important but at the same time it's like podcasting should be grassroots podcasting should be easy to do it should be relatable yeah. and all you need is your phone your sound recorder on your phone you record a file you use some simple editing software or suppose you can you can edit it on your phone now as well and then you upload to your hosting site and you put it out. It should be really simple, um, but it is also an obsession. <laughs> and yeah, over time, it's like, yeah, I I think I just gradually started acquiring mics. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not technically minded, but when it comes to sound stuff, I found it really fascinating. Um, and yeah, my, my brother, who's a musician, he knows far and he actually, yeah, he, he does, he does some sound work for me as well um he knows far more of the technical side um and so it's yeah like sort of i i i i, I know how to do things but he knows like all the, the science behind it which i find fascinating well it's it's quite interesting you say that because i mean i am a bit of a tech guy i wouldn't say i'm like i wouldn't say i'm overly knowledgeable on it, but i like trying new things I like whatever uh i'm quite happy the fact of I've, I've, I've over i've done 100 episodes and, and we're still at this stage and I think it's still good. Like I think I'm top point one, yeah. top point five percent on like listen notes and stuff like that. But that I, I don't have a massive space here. My flat's very small. Like if I started getting like kit, it would be genuinely not big enough. But I think if I move into a place like I, I really want to have like a studio. Like how fun would that be? Like yeah, I think I, exactly. See for the start of the podcast. At the minute, it's just a 
generic rural to kitchen the podcast for uh, yep. agricultural minds open up or whatever i had this idea of like an aerial scene like a cartoon aerial scene of the uk right okay. and then it yep. suddenly zones down the camera zones down and it's on a tractor the tractor goes across essex and it picks up a arable oh, farm like it this across, uh, it goes across like wales and picks up a sheep farmer it grows uh, up to northeast scotland picks up a tatty farmer south scotland a dairy farmer and then i'm nice. from Ireland. I don't live on Aaron, but I'm from Aaron. It's quite a cool little thing. The tractor yep. then flies into a boat. The boat goes across to Aaron. And then as it comes off the boat, it drives into a farmhouse. And then there I'm sat with my studio, right? I've always you had need to make idea. this happen, Wallace. Mate, it costs about a grand to make. It would. <laughs> it definitely would. And understandably so, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm tempted to do it. Like, it would look sick like i said to it you the youtube so channel really exists but uh, it would be worth it even just for the one video to put out on instagram and facebook for the minute like it'd be worth the grand i absolutely mean it i just haven't done <laughs> it yet but um getting into the whole you know the whole tech side does really excite me like it really does but uh i am i am conscious of time and there's one thing that i ask i ask everyone two questions but there's one thing way before we get to that you said right at the start, right at the start, I think we're about a minute in, you said, yeah. I found myself looking for my thing. Have you found it? Yeah. I have. Yeah. I love it. No, right right now, I definitely have. And I'm, I'm a big believer. I think that, um, I think you shift through life. I think, I think your thing possibly shifts through life. But right here, right now, I am absolutely doing what, what I want to do and what, what, yeah, I, f- I found I found my thing right now. That's lovely, though, isn't it? Like that's yeah, that's lovely. And a thousand episodes. How does that sound? Because it's only double oh where goodness. you are. Oh gosh, it'll yeah, it's probably it probably won't be too far away actually. Um, sounds unbelievable actually, but I think yeah. but you don't when you're going through it. And when I was doing the when I was doing episode two hundred of Meet the Farmers with. Will Evans recorded that the other day with him and we, we were we were looking back on the last hundred episodes and I was talking about rock and roll farming um which I think we I think we should actually mention today yeah. as well I think I think we between meet the farmers and our two cast I think we should actually pay tribute to rock and roll because rock and roll farming and I don't know how many people I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of your listeners have listened to rock and roll farming because it really was it was the beginning and I, and I, I hope the Will's listening to this as well. But it was, it was the big. I, I, I started Meet the Farmers at the same time, but it was rock and roll that really launched farming podcasting in the UK. It really was. Will did an amazing job. Um, I don't think. I genuinely don't think that we would be in the place that we are if Will hadn't done that. I haven't listened to it. <laughs> I mean, you haven't listened to any podcasts, Wallace. So that's fine. <laughs> sorry well sorry i have spoke to well he is going to come on at some point but uh, oh good stuff yeah um he, he did you're absolutely right just because i have listened to you i listen i watch and listen to nothing like i don't take that as anything like uh sure, so that, that's funny though is that because and i, I find this is I'm, I'm guessing because you like because you do so much social media because you you, know, you you literally teach it so yeah it's like then the last thing you want to do is like do more of that kind of stuff. What, like watching and listening? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's not even that. Like, I mean, all right. So my social media, like, no, sorry. My screen time on my phone is repulsive. Okay. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, like right. I mean, we're talking like 13, 14 hours, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I do all my editing on my phone when I'm out a walk. Uh, do and you? Yeah, yeah. So I probably spend like, I probably walk for four hours a night. So okay. well, there we are then. There's, there's four hours. Yeah. I've probably got the phone sort of sat on during the day, just uploading a video or whatever. And then overnight, I've got it sat on like putting something on YouTube, you know. So it's it's a uh, it's disgusting. But when I actually look at it, I'm like, oh, it's not really. I'm not looking at the screen the whole time, you know. But yeah. um, I just have. I was like, I was the proper fat kid when I was younger that just played games and watched TV, ate crisps, and ate chocolate, right? And a lot of people might be watching this and thinking he's the same thing minus the telly. But the uh, <laughs> the truth is, like. I just have no intention. Like the office sits on in the background, Brooklyn Nine Nine and Big Bang Theory, and apart from that, nothing is on ever. You know, someone's like, "Oh, do you want to watch a film?" And I'm like, "Uh huh." <laughs> uh, if you want to, yeah. I don't know how to do this. Like, I can't sit still for two <laughs> seconds. Um, I have a sofa in my living room that I got. I would say. 15 months ago and I genuinely think I'll have sat on it about a hundred times. I just wow I'm not through there ever. <laughs> I, go, I come home from work, I'm at work whatever time, come home from work, do some work at this desk, maybe make some dinner, go walk and go to bed. Like I am, yeah, I'm pretty boring in that sense. Like I don't take much in. So um that was a bit of a caveat we went into there. But uh yeah so it, was, how, it was a nice one. I like tangents. <laughs> How many episodes now are you releasing a week across everything? Uh, that's what I include. Well, it depends whether you include clients or not. But um, Let's just uh, do your shit and then let's do everything. Okay, like so uh, yeah, Meet the Farmers is out in all the usual podcast places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. every Monday. That's released every Monday morning at 5am. Also, I was doing it nice and early for the dairy farmers. Hashtag, yeah, yeah. go team dairy. Yeah, Love team dairy. Um, Rural Business Focus is out every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Okay. Um, so those are my two. Um, and then, yeah, the Kite Podcast is out every Friday. Um, so that's uh, for any anyone in Team Dairy. But also, you don't have to be a dairy farmer to be in Team Dairy. Please go and listen to that one. Um, then, like, sporadic stuff for young farmers, doing a little bit for, a little bit for them. Right. Um, working with with others, uh, Nature Friendly Farming Network podcast. Uh, that's co-host with Will Evans. We've got three seasons of that out. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we might do some more. But um, there's three seasons of that at at the moment. They're all out on there. Um, I had a music podcast until about two weeks ago when. I'm like, I don't have the time to do this. So that's now no longer available, which is, which is quite, there, there, there was, there was, a, there were a couple of seasons of that out. Um, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then other, 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 other people is more, is more, more, more sporadic as well. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, uh, those are, yeah, those are, I'm, I'm now rambling. I'm, I'm sort of losing my voice, I think. I thought I was prolific. Like, <laughs> um, I noticed a change two weeks ago when it went to two a week. Uh, I noticed, oh, yeah, but it, it is a definite a, change, isn't it? Yeah, 
once you get over that, like, I mean, it was six a month, so it wasn't just like a doubling effect. It was like a one and a half thing effect, I guess. But uh, yeah, I was like, shit, I, I didn't notice the change from four to six, but I noticed that one. Um, yep. But used to it now pretty rapidly. I'll get used to it, I'm quite sure. But no, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. But here, I am conscious of time. Um, I am conscious, Will, not Evans, Will Black, that I go to gym with, will be wondering where I am. So, um, <laughs> The the two questions I ask everyone, Ben, it's been a pleasure to have you on and, and hear hear your story from my who pleasure. I, he is the podcasting king. Um so, well, the rural podcasting king, at least anyway, certainly in this country. Uh, the first question is where do you see yourself in five years? And the second is if you had any tips for folk coming into podcasting, what would they be? Oh gosh, those are those are big questions to end with, Wallace. They are. Wow. Where I see myself in five years time definitely exploring more international stories making more links with more farmers overseas so that's one thing that i definitely want to do more of um and yeah podcasting wise uh exploring um yeah exploring taking rural stories into sort of urban places maybe doing events and that kind of thing um Exploring more with food stuff. Um, where I will be, I don't know. Um, uh, hopefully with kids at that point would be nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, within five years. Um, yeah, and mostly just still, I'd, I'd like to still keep the same attitude of just let's let's just make the absolute most of life right now. Yeah do some exciting interesting things um look after yeah sort of look out for the people around me um and just keep keep yeah shouting out for amazing farmers out there uh yeah still telling farming stories um and having adventures Love i think that. yeah What's that that's nice um what, what was the other one advice for anyone getting into podcasting yeah 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 um so start a podcast would be would be the first one it's a great start it's a place to kick off <laughs> <laughs> it's an important one um and uh and stick with it um and realize that for a long time you will feel like you're not getting anywhere you'll be putting content out there you probably won't have a lot of listeners um but believe in your content find find a niche as i would say because podcasting since the pandemic has become certainly as a space certainly if you want to actually yeah if, if you want to get into podcasting as it were um it is it is more competitive now so find your niche um and stick with it build your community love your community um, look after your community and they will look after you um but mostly yeah think of your listener um absolutely think of your listener think about what they want to hear and then create great just focus on creating great content yeah. um because at the very least you never know what that's going to lead on to so if you're making content about something you're passionate about or you're really interested in then that's going to make you get out every week and make that content because if you're not actually if you don't have it's not if you're not passionate about it if, if you're not interested in it then that will show and also you won't just keep on getting out week after week and putting that content out and, and like I said, you never know where that's going to lead. 
So even if you don't end up working in podcasting, say, or or running a running a successful podcast, that might lead on to something else in another sort of area of the industry that you might be interested in. But I would say it's it's absolute great thing to do. It's a it's a way of as you were saying, Wallace earlier, of meeting some incredible people, yeah. of having some experiences that you never thought you would experience, and uh, it's just a really exciting space. And it's also a really, I would say as a as a community podcasters are really collaborative really quite friendly and 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 willing to work with each other uh, the fact we're doing this right now um, yeah. loads of podcasters collaborate with each other and that's what i love about the podcasting space so but make a podcast get out there stick with it and if you want any advice get in touch and hopefully wallace can put my details in the show notes yeah i should do that i'm terrible at not doing that sort of thing um <laughs> That's I'm really bad at that. I just sort I just write a fun story and then forget to tag. <laughs> um, the the thing that is so true about that one is, do not get disheartened by the fact you get no views for so long. Because I mean, oh, yes. that my, if I could get it up quickly as I sort of try and waffle on and make this point, my um, the trajectory of views is so interesting because yep. for I think there. 15 months i basically got nothing yeah. it took it let me get this right it took me 15 months to hit 10k views yep and 16 months to hit 20 yep yep um, it's, it's fascinating isn't it yeah and i think especially it, if you it, it's slightly different if which is why why the last sort of year or so, a couple of years, loads of celebrities have just come on and started the podcast and straight away. Because of course, of course you've got of course because you've already got an audience. So of yeah. course you're gonna do well straight away. But if you're going from nothing, which again, going back to my point earlier, that that's where I think podcasting really is. It's with it's with grassroots people who are really passionate about their niche, that really passionate about telling a story. It's gonna take time to build that audience, but it's weird, honestly. You will find you will find probably countries that you haven't even heard of you will have listeners from those countries to your podcast and it's really bizarre how your community gradually grows i had 173 views right yeah. total and i had a viewer from singapore and i'm pretty yeah. sure that singaporean viewer has seen every episode yeah there you are i, I have no crazy, idea why but it, it's really interesting because i mean i can't find the thing spotify for podcasters doesn't work but um it was like nothing, 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 nothing. I think the most I ever got in a two-week period was like 62. And then suddenly that jumped up to like 480. And nothing against Katrina, number 37, was what it happened with. But Katrina is a great story, but she doesn't have a massive following like that. Like I don't know what happened. It was really interesting. Um, yeah, I, th- I, give- th- I think it was I think it was Podchaser. I'm going to get this wrong now. I think it was Podchaser released some stats last year. Um, and that actually the top uh, or rather the, the the bottom 50% of podcasts across the world receive less than 27 downloads um, a week. The bottom 50%? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if you, if you receive more than 20, if you re- receive more than 27 downloads, then you're in the top 50% of podcasts. I think I'm the Which top. pretty, I think, I think that says a lot um, <laughs> in terms of just stick with it. Yeah, um, agreed, agreed, yeah. But also, if you're speaking to 27 people, it's 27 people, isn't it? It's oh, like, really? Cool, if, it? if you were in a room with 27 people, if you had to give a talk to 27 people, I'd be like, yeah, that's quite that's quite a lot of people. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what I'm going to do? Thank you so much for coming on, Ben. But I'm going to end on a challenge for myself. Say a number okay. between one and one hundred and six. Oh, here we go. I mean, you're going to get them all right, aren't you? So, but I'm going to go. No, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a, just before you say, there's a batch of ten. I have no idea. Oh, is there? Yeah. I pick one of these numbers. I'm going to say thirty-one. <laughs> there we <laughs> are. I knew it was going to be about there. Okay, I won't say that. I'll no, no, say... no, 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 no. Okay. I'll manage, I'll manage, I'll manage. Um, 27, Ginger Louise, 28, Perry. 29, Ross Pattinson, 30, Anna Jones, 31, Stephen Mitchell, the Buffalo Farm. Oh, that is impressive. I've got to go, like, I've got to find the last one and then I can remember what I said. That's what's coming up next week. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only way I can do that, but... No, thank you very much uh, for coming on, Ben. Last oh, week, thank you, Willis. Here, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been quite interesting to sort of delve into another podcast tonight. Um, last week, we had Annie Bryson, who studied at SRUC and sort of always had a feeling she wanted to do something in nutrition, but really had no idea as to when she wanted to get in. She travelled the world. She did saw some things. She always worked in nutrition in different ways and now works as a nutritionist. So it's came full circle and has been... That was a great story. She put herself down a lot. She always said her brothers and sisters were better than her, but that was never nice to hear, but she's absolutely smashing it. So that was a good one. Next, uh, we have number 107, the second episode of R2Cast All In with Dillian and Deltia, who have been to 59 and 29 countries, respectively. Uh, I have been to two. Uh, so <laughs> show me up in that one. Uh, Deltia is trilingual, which was really cool. Wow. Um, yeah, it was quite amazing, actually. It was embarrassing for Dylan, Ed, and myself. Just have no idea. <laughs> she speaks Spanish, English. She actually says she's trilingual, but I would say she's five because uh, she speaks Spanish and English, and I can't remember the the local language where she's from in Spain perfectly. And then she also speaks a bit of German and another one. So wow. uh, French, I think it was, which was phenomenal. Um so yeah, really cool story there, really cool people. And uh, yeah, what I really liked about that podcast, and you will see it, is Dylan and I, I draw, I drew so many similarities between when in reality our life have been polar opposites, but there is so many similarities. You can just about follow the linear exact life we've lived in a completely different way it's really interesting i don't want to say any more than that i want you to go watch it on uh, next week when it comes out i keep saying next week that's not the case now it's now this week <laughs> um but yeah ben it's been a pleasure thank you very much for your time um i hope i hope you've enjoyed yourself i loved it I I was, I was, yeah as, as you know i love being a, a guest on a podcast it's like yeah. it's it's great a wee change of feeling a wee change of feeling but yes. uh, yeah, no, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for listening as always. We'll see you for R2Cast 107 with Dylan and Teltia. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen, and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at Rural and on Facebook at Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.